The dance of freedom had crossed the bridge of reason, but I was not prepared for what came next. In fact, I'm not sure how to tell it. My new saintly sister and my friends led me to the valley of necessity, the valley of tears. How can I begin except to tell you I have never seen such courage? The clouds grew dark and began to cover the sunlight. A storm was coming, and not just any storm. The wind began to pick up. It was becoming harder to dance, though I pretended to. The sun began to set, and a terrific and awful feeling overpowered me. I felt as if the sun would not rise again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royaume France podcast. I'm Walter Emerson, and I want to kind of pick up a little on where we left off. If you remember last time, I told you that we were entering the dark forest of suffering, and I just introduced you to part two of the dark forest and suffering that we're going to go through. Uh, the last time uh, we talked, the last time I, in the last episode, I talked about entering the dark night uh, through because of the disconnect in my intellect. Um, and now I want to talk a little bit about what the, what the ramifications of that uh, happen to be. But let's just let's touch uh, base real quickly on some concepts that we've developed that I want to bring forward here. You know, one of the things that came out of this, you know, journey back to 1984, if you remember, we're sort of using the pivot point of 2008 when I had this sort of phenomenon of, of Joan of Arc that entered my life. And that's really what I'm trying to do is do a descriptive sort of phenomenology of that moment. I mean, that's I've been trying to understand that phenomenon of St. Joan of Arc uh, since that time. But if you remember, I had to take us back to 1984 and to my conversion to the church, and the introduction to uh, St. Therese of Lisieux uh, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and the reading of her book. And, and you'll recall I talked about the fact that there was, there, there was a new way of thinking that came out of that, and it, and it had to do with that, that sense of you know, understanding. Like I, I understood that, what I, that, that there was truth in what she was saying, I could empathize with her. I could turn my my sense of being toward her, uh, in in that in that sense. But I didn't really know what it was. If you if you would ask me, and, and even today it's difficult to describe. Well, explain that to us in sort of logical, rational terms. I, I couldn't do that. And, and that's, that's that sense that we come to. There's, there's some sense of, of turning toward someone like St. Therese, of, of identifying with them, of empathizing with them, of, 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 in a sense, understanding them without really knowing uh, the, you know, the, the rational you know, reason for it. And that was, the, that was the position I found myself in. And if you remember, I, I termed that as, uh, the Theresean effect, because, you know, again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, I am talking about spirituality, uh, my Catholic faith, and this uh, phenomenon of St. Joan, and I'm, and I'm using 
phenomenology because it's appropriate to try to uncover what that phenomenon is. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself or or to you know make claims that, uh, that that I'm not really sure about in the world of phenomenology. And so in, in in this case, what I want to do is simply refer to that as the the Theresian effect. Um, you know that just that that which I just described. And so, and you'll also remember, I keep referring back to this notion of the unreflective certainty. And in that case, I am using uh, more phenomenological terms coming from Edith Stein. And that, that unreflective certainty I had when I came to know the church through the, and, and the true and substantial body and blood of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And, um, and then one final thing I want to recall from the past, and that is the notion that um, I came out of this world of, of, you know, who cares, whatever, don't really care about religion. And this is something in phenomenology that we might call, and I know, you know, Martin Heidegger calls it the, the sort of the everyman, um, you know, the any man, the anybody, you know, kind of thing where we're just, we're just kind of in the mix of people. We just kind of think the way they do. People, the way the world thinks is the way that we just assume we're supposed to think, and we don't we don't really authenticate ourselves or live an authentic life. We just sort of live this 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 life, sort of tranquilized into into the into the uh, everyman, so to speak. And and so I, I, that was really where I was coming from, and when I came into the uh, church, so. And I talked last time about the fact that this this became a problem because what was introduced to me in the unreflective certainty was in fact, and through St. Therese and the Theresian effect, was was a different way of thinking. And therefore, it it was shaking me up out of that old, that that sort of tranquilized worldview that that, that I was in. And that that created an immense amount of anxiety and and problem uh, for me. And so uh, that was the bridge of reason we talked about last time and the struggle that uh, I had intellectually. And, but now I said there was kind of a part two to this dark force. And I just read at the beginning of, of this podcast a, um, uh, a piece from my, my first book. This is actually from the third of the four pros I've been talking about. So I've been talking about these four pros I sat down in 2008 and just wrote them over four days. And this was the third one, called The Dance of Suffering, The Dark Night of Enlightenment. And uh, this, this, is, this really reflected the immense amount of physical, factical uh, suffering that I went through. And I'm, I'm not one to go into a lot of details. And it, you know, it, it, in a certain sense, it didn't really involve things too dramatic. But on the other hand, in my interior... And even physically, it was a period of great and prolonged suffering. So it was, it was a period of 25 years. So it wasn't like three weeks or, you know, six months. It was 25 years. And so it was, it was, it was a long time. Now, during that whole time, you know, by the grace of God, my, the faith never left me. And, and St. Therese was, I always knew she was, she was there. And I was just struggling immensely. You know, St. Saint Paul talks about, uh, you know, that he, he you know, I, what I want to do, I don't do. And, and what I do do, I don't want to do. 
I don't have the scripture on hand, but I think we all know what it is. And that was very much my life. There, there was this, this, this enormous conflict between my life and my inclinations and the way that I, I willed to live my life and to some degree was enslaved by my own will, I guess, or my own deformed will uh, into behaviors and things that just were in conflict. So, so what I saw during that 25-year period of time was that there was just a, 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 a not insignificant, it was a life-threatening disconnect between the way that the world I was coming out of, the, the modern world we're in, and just sort of going along and just what the way the world thinks is the way I should think. If the world thinks something something's important, I should think it's important too. And and you're just kind of going along as that sort of every man. And there was just such a huge, because what, what had come to me, so this, this tells me a couple of things. One thing I, I was, you know, I could realize was that what impacted me was not a just an affective emotion. You know, we have inspirations all the time, and we're 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 inspired, and we and, and those go away over a period of time. When, and a lot of times we can't even remember them. We don't even know. Uh, years later, we don't even recall them. This was something true and substantive. This was something that in my darkest hours stayed with me. So it was not a, just an affective inspiration when I had my conversion, that unreflective certainty. It was something real, something completely mysterious, something completely hidden, but something very real. And so this is why the phenomenological approach has been so helpful, because I've been trying to draw out to a certain degree or understand that which is that which is indicating itself to me through that mist of, of, of hiddenness. So it's probably the most powerful, true thing in my life, and yet it was the most obscure and mysterious. And I felt the same way with my consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary. That that whole time I kept, um, you know, my my fervent uh, devotion to her, even though my life was uh, sort of a wreck in a lot of ways, mentally, emotionally, and even physically. I mean, I very easily could have, you know, not just died the first death, but easily died the second death as well. Uh, I could have very easily uh, done that. And so, uh, but but there was something very real that was holding holding me up. So, th- so this was not just an affective emotion. And the same thing with St. Therese. So when I, when I read St. Therese and the, the Theresean effect took over, it, it was real. <laughs> Again, these are, th- there's, there's something hidden back there that through 25 years of, you know, ups and downs and some good times, but a lot of bad times and a lot of suffering, mentally, emotionally, physically uh, suffering, just uh, spiritually suffering out of an anguish that I can't, I can't access that which came to me. That was the big problem. What came to me, the beauty of what came to me, the kingdom that was being offered to me, I didn't have access to it because of the way my entire thinking, my will, the way everything was oriented was wrong, and that created a tremendous amount of suffering. But, you know, even with St. Therese, that Theresean effect never left me. 
through good times, bad times. So there was something substantive. And that, that that's something I had to sort of put there just because I couldn't explain it, just because I didn't know the or have the information and the learning that I needed, I that I knew I could understand the meaning. There was a sense of 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 uh, enduring meaningfulness to me. So again, this was sort of a different way of, of of thinking that I had been taught in the world, where you must first accumulate knowledge, you must first accumulate information, and then you can decide whether or not something's meaningful. This was something that came and said, it's meaningful. You just don't understand. What, or you just don't know what it is. You don't know. You don't have the knowledge to know what it is. And that's what the phenomenological processes help me with. It's not that I'll ever have all that, but to help, help draw that, to help construct uh, out of that mist what it is that has been so enduring uh, in, in my life. And so... Um, now, you, you know, if you recall, I'm, I kind of made a big deal in a previous episode about the fact that when I converted, that the Hail Mary was instrumental. I was the most beautiful prayer I'd ever heard. And that one of the pieces that really, uh, you know, really struck me about it was the fact that, um, that they were praying. They, they still considered themselves sinners. You know, they, they still had some concern about their salvation, which was new to me from what I had perceived in the, in the Protestant world. And, and, and I remember I said that even though that the Catholic position was not as comforting, it made the most sense to me. It sounded the most authentic in terms of my life experience. Well, let's, let's bring that, let's bring that forward because what I'll be going into in the, in the next phase, how, how, what was the result of this? How do we go from this dark forest, this intellectual confusion, this literally spiritual, mental, emotional, even physical sickness that, that are the fruits of bringing my old worldly life, the, the, the life that I, I came in with, of bringing that and interfacing it with this new real thing hidden in the mist. So when those two came together, what happened? The real thing hidden in the mist endured, and my worldly, my sense of what the world was that I came in with began to just collapse when it was confronted by this reality. And therein was the darkest moments of the dark forest. And you say, well, ha. How do we get to Joan of Arc? <laughs> There's you got to help us get to Joan of Arc from we're lost we're lost in the woods, and indeed we are we are we're exceptionally lost in the woods. And I'm going to talk to you as we go forward in the next episode and move forward. How do we how do we get out of this dark dark forest? And and how did we ever come across uh, Saint Joan of Arc? And then begin developing and, and this, this kingdom that she was presenting uh, from, from a, sort of a heavenly view. How did, we get, how did we get there? So I'm going to cover that. I'm going to cover that with you. But for the moment, we are, we are lost in the deep, dark forest of my intellect, my way of viewing the world and living in the world 
is now interfacing with this reality that's, that's hidden very much. It is the most real thing in my life, but it is the most hidden thing in my life. And that is this unreflective certainty, this moment of conversion. And it is enduring and I am collapsing. And that's where the part about the Catholic view of salvation came in because I, it, when you're lost in the dark woods, it's, a, it's scary. It's scary. Now, if I'd have thought, well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if my life's a wreck. Um, you know, once saved, always saved. And, and, and I'm going with my perceptions, please. Any uh, Protestant listeners, please forgive me because I'm not uh, projecting my views uh, on two years. I'm just saying that this was my perception when I came out of the Protestant world was, yeah, I'd like to be happy. I'd like not to suffer and all that. But I really, you know, at least, at least I know when I die, I'm saved. Well, uh, I actually wasn't sure about that. <laughs> when I was deep in that dark forest, I was not exactly sure. I knew that truth, that what was hidden in the mist was truth. I knew that it was enduring. I knew it was good. I knew it was the, the, you know, the Lord Jesus in the Eucharist. I knew it was Mother Mary. I knew it was all these good things. I was not really sure about where I stood. And, and not that I am today because we, we, we never want to be presumptuous. You know, we always reject presumption because we'll, we'll never know until we die where we really stand. But I'll guarantee you when I was in the dark forest, I had a, a real strong suspicion about, about where I stood. That actually served as a positive uh, motivator, a positive mechanism to get me to move and to bring me to my knees, to bring me to the next level. So that's why I said that, that this idea that the Catholic view of salvation is being, you know, we can't be presumptuous no matter how good we think we are. Uh, we can't be presumptuous. We're never assured of our salvation. Um, why it made sense to me and in fact proved to be a, a powerful mechanism to get me ultimately to hold out my hand to be led out of the dark forest. So I'm going to talk next time about that. How do we get led out of the dark forest? Because I certainly couldn't get out on my own. And so I'm going to kind of cut it off here. We're in the dark forest. We are lost, but we're going to get some help. We're going to stretch out. We're going to find some people who are dancing along on a beautiful path. And we're going to find, we're going to run across those people and they're, and uh, they're going to help us get out of this dark forest. So I hope you, hope you enjoyed that. Stay tuned for next time because we've got to get out of this dark forest. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. God bless.